He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. eyes unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everybody my name is charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and uh today i want to talk about something that the title of this episode might not necessarily make you think of right away i titled this episode the necessary god and i did that because this is how I've started thinking about this line of reasoning. And I, I guess I should start at the beginning with the big spoiler. Today, we are not going to be talking about proofs of God's existence. No, that's not, that's not what we're doing, because that's not what we're doing. <laughs> when I talk about the necessary God, I'm talking about the wish-fulfillment deity that is often birthed into being when bad things happen. The necessary God is the God that you don't think about, you know, most of the days of the year, maybe on the holidays, maybe when something bad happens. You take a moment and you think about the necessary God and you start asking this deity for things because, well, it'd be nice to have them or maybe you really need to have them. And then when whatever the crisis is passes, you forget all about that God again until the next time they're needed because they are the necessary God. They're the God that there's a storm coming. Let us pray. Somebody is desperately ill. Let us pray. Oddly enough, they're not usually there when somebody has something really good to have happen to them. They're not brought up then those prayers don't tend to rise. And I think this is a big problem with a lot of Christian theology. We tend to see God as a being that can answer our prayers. And I am the last person who would tell you that prayers do not get answered. I have experiences in my own life that I would classify as answered prayers. I have seen things in my life that I would classify as miracles. So I'm not saying that those things don't happen, that they never happen. What I'm saying is we have overdone this to the point where it's shtick in a lot of comedy now. I mean, to the point where I believe even in Rick and Morty, at one point, Rick kind of cries out to the universe for God to save him. And then immediately, when he doesn't die, begins blaspheming. Because that's his character. That is a lot of people's character. Now, don't get me wrong. While, while I am somebody who believes 
in orthopraxis rather than orthodoxy for the most part. In other words, doing the right things. And to me, the right things are very simply stated in the book of Malachi. What do I expect of you, O mortals, but that you do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God? So there you are. Be just, humble, and kind. Um, not, not a hard list to be sure, but the idea that we do not think about anything beyond our existence, beyond our regular day-to-day -day experience until something terrible or bad happens. And of course, this is often where the necessary God comes in, because the necessary God, we are told by a lot of the quote-unquote Christian televangelists, is the God that does terrible things. So when a storm comes and destroys a whole bunch of people, lots of property, people dead, people dying, people injured, this is an act of God, and they try to shoehorn their theology into this moment to find some way to justify this horrid and horrendous act. Well, as I like to say to my literalist sisters and brothers over there in the fall redemption world of Christianity, if we we're supposed to take the scriptures 100% literally, Jesus said that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. So doesn't that mean that if we're to take that literally, that the devil sent the storm? Just ask him. Because I don't see a lot of people asking that question, especially to people that are supposed to be taking every word literally. The archons that the Apostle Paul talks about, the rulers in high places, these are the things that try to dominate us and that we're constantly working against. They're the ones that seem to have access to all the levers of power, all of the levers of the storms and the terrible things that happen, whether they be from the state or from other people or disease in our lives. Th these are offshored in a lot of Paul's teachings to demonic forces. And Jesus himself, when healing people of physical maladies, would say, your sins are forgiven, connecting suffering with wrong action. And that's a big can of worms that we're not going to be getting into on today's episode. And we'll talk about that in future because I, I think there is something to that. But, you know, I, I of course, have a very different uh, creation spirituality way of looking at things, different CS way of seeing all that. But suffice to say, this necessary God who was invoked in all of these instances, whether to save those people or who is punishing those people. I mean, for goodness sakes, when I can't remember the name of the storm, because Michael is currently doing what Michael is doing right now. But the one before that, that hit North Carolina, Pat Robertson literally bragged that he prayed so that the storm wouldn't hit him in Virginia beach. So Pat, you're saying that you killed all those people? You destroyed all that property in North Carolina? That, that's not loving. <laughs> that's not caring. But of course, we don't think about the ramifications of these invocations of the necessary God. 
if God was so angry at New Orleans that he sent Katrina, why did it hit other places? Because, you know, when God was mad at Egypt in the book of Exodus, I, I don't remember seeing, you know, plagues hitting Assyria or Midian or any of the other kingdoms that existed throughout the world at that time. And since that is the origin story for this vengeful God who does send plagues, and remember, even in that story, God didn't send the plagues. He sent Moses. Moses invoked the plagues. Moses brought them into being. So, yeah, we, we don't talk about that a lot, about the human agency that's in those stories. If it wasn't for the acquiescence of Moses, it's very strongly hinted that those things wouldn't happen. See, Moses and Aaron were the vessels through which God's power came into the world. Remember the parting of the Red Sea? The parting of the Red Sea, it stayed parted while Moses' hands were up. There's a wonderful scene where the power of God is flowing through Moses and his arms are getting tired. But he can't put his arms down or they will lose. And you have his brother and sister standing to either side of him, holding his arms up so that the power of God can continue to flow through him. Now, I point these stories out because they're really kind of important to understanding how these things work. If we're going to talk about the spooky nature of things and the metaphysical nature of God and God's interventions, even in the scriptures, they required a person to call them into being because free will being what it is. The only time we see this not being a thing is actually in the story of Noah. God declared that people were evil. God sent the flood. God repented of what he did. Read it. It's, it's a powerful passage. God repented. God changed his own mind over what he did. It's a powerful story when you actually look at it. And God promised that he would never destroy the world again. We read the story of Elijah and the drought that hit Judah. Well, as long as Elijah said it wasn't going to rain, it wouldn't rain. The point that I'm trying to bring to your attention in all of these stories is the human agency that is necessary for these things to take place. In fact, this is brought home most strongly by the woman with the issue of blood who touches Jesus and power flowed from him. Because Jesus is God in the flesh, she was able through her own human agency and faith to draw power out of God and heal herself. See, human agency is a very important part in all of these stories. Is it always sufficient? Does it always come to the point? No. Sometimes our human agency doesn't countervail the forces coming upon us. The storms that are hitting, hitting us now, are they divine retribution? Well, we poisoned the earth. We've raised the temperature. We've damaged the climate. And so now a storm is able to ramp up in power really quickly. 
So yes, in a way, these are karmic events. Does that make them better? No. Does that make them worse? No. Does that mean that the people that get hurt in the wake of these storms are to blame and they got what they deserved? No. See, the necessary God is invoked in these stories so that we can attribute blame. Sometimes because they're wanting to shield the divine from any anger. Why did God allow the Katrina to hit New Orleans? Because storms happen. Rain falls on the just and the unjust, Christ says. The weather is the weather. So, no, God didn't send either of these storms. Or any of these storms. These storms just happen. So the necessary God isn't actually necessary there. And in the worst of all of these scenarios, when something bad happens, and we start praying and calling out to God to save us, and we aren't taking the time to regularly be grateful and thankful, the relationship with God isn't there. And by that, I don't mean that, like, you know... God only does things for his friends, and if you're not having a good daily relationship with him, and then, you know, he's just going to look at you and laugh into your suffering because you brought this on yourself, you dirty, horrible people. And you know what? I've actually heard preachers and priests say that. Oh, God forbid. And that's not what I'm talking about at all. You see, the God that is called for in these situations is often one that's malformed in the minds of the people who are doing the calling. You see, when we talk about God and Jesus, we are talking about the basic nature of the universe. We're talking about the fundamental creator, liberator, and sustainer of the universe. And if you don't understand how that works, if you don't understand Debar and the power of Debar, if you don't understand the, the living word of God, if you don't understand that most of the time the power of God is manifest in the world through the interactions of other people rather than some divine hand scrawling script onto the wall. Well, I'm not one who would ever say that miracles don't happen. They are the exception rather than the rule. Miracles are miracles because they're not common. I mean, if you want to be really serious about this, getting better from the flu is a miracle. The flu kills a lot of people every year. But since the majority of us who get the flu don't die from the flu, we don't see recovery from the flu as a miracle. Well, it kind of sort of is. But all that depends on perspective. You see, the necessary God that is called on in these times of trouble is a wish-fulfillment deity. It, it is a gem that exists only in the pure lands that rides on the back of the wind horse to answer and bring fulfillment to all of our wishes. And I'm not saying that the wind horse never runs through our lives and that the blessings 
from the wish-fulfilling gem shine down on us. No, that happens from time to time. But the vast majority of the time, we have to work on everything ourselves through community and through the involvement of others. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sit here being all high-minded and better than anyone else. I know when I've had health scares, I pray. When my mother's been in the hospital, I pray. When terrible things happen, when storms are coming, I've been praying about Hurricane Michael because I worry for those people that are in the path of the storm, and I worry that they won't get the help that they need in time because of what happened during Hurricane Maria, where we still haven't helped those people, you know, our people. I'm not saying that it is a bad instinct or that it is a wrong instinct or it is something that we should reject and never do. What I am trying to say is if we are not participating with the cosmos, if we are not actively engaging with the world as it is and as we want it to be, the idea that it will suddenly spring out and give us a great blessing may happen, may not happen. But we have to learn to rely on ourselves. We have to learn to pray honestly. Maybe the best thing isn't that money rained down from the heavens. And no, I'm not trying to say that there is a lesson in every tragedy and that bad things happen for a reason, because sometimes bad things just happen. But on the other side, and this is very important, if we don't leave the door open for good things to happen, they can't. And so that's really why a regular spiritual practice is a good thing because when you're practicing kindness and compassion and living justly and living humbly and a lot of people don't understand humility i should really probably do an entire episode on this soon humility is acting in your place according to your station and i don't mean that in the way that it sounds but Realizing that there is a place for everything and not trying to be something that you are not. Be what you are. Be proud of what and who you are. That, that's humility. That's proper humility. See, no one is greater than anyone else. And so trying to put yourself above others is not humble because you are trying to take a station that is not yours. We are all equal in the eyes of God. We are all equal in reality. Anyone who would then say, but some are more equal than others. <laughs> then they, they, those are the ones who don't understand humility and who are not actually acting humbly. But when you live that way, you find people are willing to help you and build things with you and help you through things that the ripples of which are often beyond our understanding. It's hard for us to see 
the impact of our actions when we're so close to them. And some of us are fortunate enough to hear those stories. I mean, this year I was at a convention and I was in a bad place mentally. And I guess other people knew that and felt that from me. And what ended up happening was four days of people, sometimes complete strangers, coming up to me and telling me how the work that I do has impacted them and made their lives better and helped them in various different ways. And that was one of the most humbling experiences of my life because I, I try to help people. I try to do things that will have a positive effect on people, but to actually hear what some of those were, I, I felt inadequate to the task. Like maybe I should be doing more. Maybe I should be doing better. And that's my own mental hangups there. But the fact that I couldn't even see the effect that I was having on others, that's how I think most of us live. It's possible to help and to be a help even when we need it. I don't know, I've been giving this a lot of thought lately because, you know, the economy is really bad here in the heartland of America where I live. And a lot of people are struggling right now. And I hear a lot of people begging the universe for some reprieve or looking for some kind of a magical savior figure to come and help them. And it would be wonderful if something would happen that would suddenly make everything better. That, that would be great. That would be wonderful. I, I would be so grateful for that. But more than likely, as with everything, we're going to have to fend for ourselves and find ways to help our community and to help other people out. And that's what we do. We band together and we fight for each other and we try to be strong. And you know what? Those of us who have faith, we also pray. But we pray in good times and we pray in bad times. At the end of the last episode, I uh, give you kind of some spiritual homework to do and hopefully you've been trying that out. Um, I kind of want to give you another bit on this one. There's a wonderful practice of trying to say a hundred brachat every day, um, a hundred blessings every day. And if you want to be traditional about this, a traditional Jewish blessing begins, blessed are you, O Lord, who? And some of this is meant to help us. So when bad news happens, finding the blessing in it, blessed are you, O Lord, who gives us the gift of hearing. Because maybe we didn't want to hear what we heard, but at least we can hear what we heard. And so we, we try to find the blessing that's there. And I'm not saying to get yourself a counter and actually count. The, the, the number 100 is symbolic more than anything else. But, and this isn't just simple, you know, self-help pablum. 
you know, count your blessings and you'll see how blessed you are. No, it's about actively learning to speak blessing. You know, blessed are you, O Lord, who gave me a voice so that I could speak to these people. Blessed are you, O Lord, who saved me in my darkest hour so that I would have a story to share. Blessed are you, O Lord, who helps us in our times of need. Whatever it is, just find something to say a blessing for. First of all, this is the power of Debar, the, the speaking, the bringing into being, and finding that blessing. You know, we run a restaurant. That's how we make our living. And, you know, blessed are you, O Lord, who gave us such wonderful food to cook and such wonderful patrons to eat our food. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gave us such a beautiful place to entertain others and to ensure that they are having a good time. Blessed are you, O Lord, to grace us with the ability to serve others when sometimes we just want to serve ourselves. These are little blessings that we can find in our day-to-day -day lives. And sometimes it's more important to be able to find the blessings and say the blessings, even when you don't feel them. It's easy when something good happens to say, blessed are you, O Lord, who helped me get my book written, or blessed are you, O Lord, who, you know, fill in the blank. But in bad times, continuing to say blessings is empowering. It's a way to fight through the darkness and embrace the light because the light shone into the world and the darkness could not overcome it. Jesus says that we are meant to be a city on the hill. So maybe instead of waiting until we have need of divine aid and assistance, we should take a moment and just be thankful, say a blessing for the things that we do have. It really does help your mindset. And sometimes it's the smallest things that can make a difference. So thank you for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. If so, and you think you know somebody else who might like it, please share. Um, it really does help out a lot to have you introduce what I'm doing here to other people to help get the podcast to grow. If the app that you're currently listening on allows you to rate the episode, please do that as well. That really would help out a lot too. Um, it helps the algorithms know that we should be put before more people. And that would be awesome to be able to talk to more people and get more feedback and whatnot on the things that I have to say. Um, if you are not listening to me on the Anchor app, I, I would advise you to go to anchor.fm and download it. Um, one of the really coolest things about it is if you've downloaded it and you follow me, Wisdom's Cry, on Anchor, you can leave me a one-minute voice message that I can use on the show. So that can be a question, a comment, or maybe the suggestion for a topic that we should discuss. That would be awesome.
I'd really love to hear from you. Um, if you want to talk to me other ways, the best way would probably be on Twitter. Um, I'm Wisdom's, Wisdom Cries Out on Twitter. Um, you can find links to this and everything that, you know, all of the resources that I've put online over at wisdomscry.com. Um, and if you have an extra dollar or so that you can throw my way, I really would like this to become my full-time job to be able to share and build a community with you all around these ideas and the four paths of creation spirituality. So in depending on the app you're listening to me in, there may be a button that says support or support on anchor. If not in the show notes, there will be a link that says support on anchor. If you click that, it'll take you to a page and you will be able to support me at the $1, $5 or $10 a month level. I don't get to pick those levels. It's just what they are. And it really would help me out a lot to make this my day job. Um, I don't get to pick those levels and that money does go directly to me and helps me to keep doing this and add on to the things that I can do to help bring these ideas and to bring more compassion and study into the world. So if you can do that, that would be amazing. And thank you. So I usually end with a prayer and today I'm going to do that a little bit differently. Blessed are you, O Lord, who has gathered us together this day. I ask that you bless and keep all who are hearing my voice right now. Help them grow in wisdom and enjoy. May they be free of the causes of suffering and filled with the causes of joy. Thank you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. <laughs>